Here's Gourlamic. Hey guys, and welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. This is Kenny. And I'm Ian. And I'm Paul Damien. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Paul Damien's back. I'm back. All right. And this and week, the three of us are going to be talking about the movie Nobody. Yes. Who's mm. the director on that one? So it's going to be... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. I'm going to let you go for that. It's, I would say, Ela uh-huh. Nyshuler. Yeah. Ela Nyshuler, who that. is also known for directing Hardcore Henry. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, let me see what else this this yeah. fool's directed. Yeah, well, and it was yeah written by Derek Kolstad, who's mostly known for the John Wick movies. So right, to keep in mind too. So I was Which, really happy that Rizzo was in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about this movie. Nobody. Yeah. It came out this year, twenty twenty one, and it came out uh, I think just recently. This is the closest to no, that's not true. We did uh, we did Mugen Train like right Mortal after Kombat. it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like the one time we did like a real new movie. Besides that, we've kind of kept it a little bit older, just like, you know. Recent-ish. Um, like recent-ish, yeah, at best. Um, let me say right here at the top, we record these about a month in advance. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope everyone's seen this movie who's listening to this episode. And I think we've even <laughs> mentioned that somewhere along the lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, this movie is starring a... It's starring Bob Odenkirk, but he is... The character is... Mm-hmm literally a nobody yeah. is what it really wants to drive home within the first 15 or so minutes of this movie how did you guys feel about this whole opening sequence of like clips of the day going through it oh my god honestly i loved the opening montage like yeah. the monday I, through fridays yeah. yes i thought it was put together very very well like scene by scene shot by shot i thought it was great i loved it as someone who constantly misses the fucking garbage trucks that was very <laughs> relatable to me like i would literally be me running my on my fucking yeah drive just like fuck <laughs> what i wish they would have done because he's always missing the garbage truck i wish they would show like the next tuesday the garbage being more full but they yeah. never show that yeah i um, i kind of have to assume little that things there's more they pick up twice a week or something yeah. and it's more yeah, of just something. like a symbolic like yeah, maybe like, he still. takes it out on tuesdays and then his wife takes it out on thursdays or, oh, some okay. shit, or fridays yeah. or whatever and so she's like you missed your garbage day and, <laughs> yeah. that, and so that's a that's you know, a soundbite. We could have got that, but mm-hmm. instead we have... Latest on the menji. You know. <laughs> okay. Um, but... <laughs> uh, so we see this opening montage. Mm-hmm. How did you guys... Did you guys feel like... like well, Damn, the, fir- like, the, the first mm-hmm. scene we actually see is, you know, they give us that snip of him already sitting in front of the police and we oh, him right. pulling out the cat and the yeah. can. So we're supposed to be very filled with mystery right out yes. the gate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I enjoyed um, that scene too. I so, enjoyed every bit of this movie. I won't did lie. you really? Yes, I did. So do you like the John Wick films? Is that something you have seen? I mean, they're okay. They're in, like... They're not the best. Do you like that but this I think was they're like, cool? Because I felt like this was basically like a small scale John Wick in a way. You know what I mean? Instead of like... But much better directed. Really? I, I feel like it... Yeah. Do you think and it's plot. it's better character or do you think it's better like direction of character? You know what? Maybe it's just Bob Odenkirk. And, and that's what acting. I kind of mean by a better scale, yeah. exactly. Or a smaller scale in the sense of it's not such meant to be like a big badass fighting a big badass organization so much as a son or a nobody right. fighting, you know, one badass essentially, you know. Because then yeah, I was yeah, like on. on paper it was very John Wick in the sense uh-huh. of like 
family feud come to get you kind of mm-hmm. you know very pl- laid out plot like that you know yeah. so it felt very john wick in this way that it was written so i could agree with you that it was maybe directorially that this movie kind of shines it, it, for us at least beyond those in a way yeah mm-hmm. um but uh yeah no i mean to go back to it he's working at his so his wife is like the hot shot she's like mm-hmm. a real estate agent she's mm-hmm, the one that yeah. makes the money that's why their house is pretty nice and then her family like her brother and her dad own like what is it an auto repair shop what we, is, i see i feel like there's some answers we never get fully directly but the, the, like, also the, at the same time do we need that answer mm-hmm. and we just mean? know that it's like a, a mechanical warehouse, warehouse <laughs> yeah. you know where yeah. they have the things they have, he needs they have yeah. a press they have a hydraulic press that's the most press. important part <laughs> i love that uh, we'll talk about that scene yeah. but i love that scene um, um but no i mean so he works as the accountant there mm-hmm. and he's very overlooked mm-hmm. he you know his dad or his father-in-law is like you know kind of like a like sympathetic to mm-hmm. him a little bit. You know, he's not an asshole like I guess his brother-in-law would be. Yeah. yeah. But very early on into this movie, we see the home invasion. Mm-hmm. Does oh, do does anyone want to talk about anything before the home invasion? Well, yeah, actually real quick, I just yeah. wanted to say I thought it was really interesting that he's an accountant for his job mm-hmm. and his previous job was quote unquote an auditor. Yeah. yeah. So I I just thought that was kind of funny. A it's almost nice like play. a symbolic transition that he would yeah. just yes. go to working with money and exactly. accounting from yeah, being an auditor yeah. from previous <laughs> yeah, an auditor exactly from a previous <laughs> life. Um, um but yeah, no, it's so it we see oh do you want to talk about anything because no, okay. i can clip around all <laughs> yeah, this it's fine. um okay so there's a home invasion pretty early into yeah. this movie mm-hmm. which was i kind of thought kind of surprising oh mm-hmm. yeah kind of definitely kind of unrealistic to me in just a little oh. bit of a way of just like how and why they broke in you know what i mean and this like, movie is full of unrealistic yeah absolutely i mean it was very fantastical they, yes. they just it's i mean because the thing is is like burglars like that tend to like watch houses for a while they stake mm-hmm. them out they learn people's routines for having been someone who's been through this and what had this happen to me you know yeah they wouldn't just kind of randomly pick a house like that in the hopes mm. that they're gonna have cash and goods on the inside you know what yeah. I mean? just oh darn this is a bad luck you know they would have planned much more far ahead and there wouldn't have been these circumstances you i know? mean his his neighbor has like a fucking dope ass garage yeah, and, yeah. Dope yeah ass exactly. cars, and it's like mm. you would think that that's the house they would burglarize so um but no i mean this Beyond movie that, yeah. this movie it hinges on a thousand things that have to happen in order for this movie to yes happen. it's like a world with mm. as violent as our world actually is it's like a world with the violence turned up like 10 more percent you mm-hmm. know where people are willing to do wild things like just burglarizing strangers that radically you yeah. know <laughs> i i think that just because in a lot of movies um they they make it so that it's the best case scenario for their movie to play out. Yes, you know right. what I mean. So hey, dumb criminals, stuff like that. Yeah, it just yeah. Um, but I I definitely had to turn off a portion of my brain to enjoy this. Movie. <laughs> really, I won't lie <laughs> yes, to you guys. Really? Yes, and 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 we'll we'll get into it. But yeah, no, so the I mean, <laughs> yeah. So there's a burglary, and immediately, mm-hmm. um, we notice that Bob Odenkirk is half attempting to stop it like he wants to but he's halted at every moment kind of reading the burglars and how they're you know half-assed burglarizing this this home and he realizes like you know he picks up on a lot of clues Mm -hmm. and i noticed there's a a weird trope in this movie that I will fault this movie that is the wrist tattoo signifier yes. is used 
twice in it's this movie. It's used twice and like really close yeah. Yeah. like in comparison to each other. Exactly. And, and I thought, okay, it. I would love this movie if it leaned even harder into that and gave everyone wrist, wrist tattoos, tattoos of all different various like like <laughs> logos and insignias. Like the like first a, one was... It was like was, a thing in this organization. <laughs> yeah, you know? No, this just world. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the first one makes somewhat sense. Right. Because it's just, it's not... That tattoo doesn't signify anything on the burglar. Mm. It's just some person with the tattoo. Right. But when it goes to Bob Odenkirk, that's just so unneeded. Right. Like at all. No, I agree. <laughs> um, so immediately when I saw this insignia, um, I had assumed that this was like, oh, this is the big bad. We're going to mm. be going down this whole huge organization mm-hmm. that has this one bird tattoo on everybody's wrist. And it's completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I was like, motherfuck, this movie's dumb as shit. Like immediately, I was like, holy shit, I fucking hate this movie. And I would love that he went into like the scariest basement fucking tattoo parlor where they were obviously like tough assholes who yeah. could like recognize <laughs> an old FBI, FBI badge and shit. Uh-huh. But then they had the cute little bird wrist yeah. tattoo like on a like display yeah, like, like display. we're proud, we're proud, we're of, this proud one. of that one yeah exactly <laughs> i in that scene i love when the old man leaves the room mm-hmm. and then he locks the 20 locks yeah. on the door see that's when i was like oh i need to turn off my brain a little yeah. bit that, yeah. i feel like that was where exactly it wanted to be satirical a little bit yes. where they're like he's that scary you know what i mean yeah but it's like a, almost a joke it's that like an animaniacs afraid. bit or yeah. something it's <laughs> I I I understand what you're saying when you say you have to turn your brain off, uh-huh. but like with so many movies, no matter how dumb they are or cheesy, I'm just along for the ride, man. Yeah, like I love it. So like this movie, I enjoyed the heck out of it despite its flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the burglary real quick. Uh-huh. So his son jumps from the stairs and tackles one of the burglars, the mm-hmm. male burglar. We see that they're they've got to be a couple. It's, yeah, because yeah. they call each other like she babe. calls him baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so his son, Bob Modenkirk's son, tackles one of the burglars and uh, like tries to fight them and get his dad to. Yeah. That's another thing that early on in this movie pissed me off. And, and we'll see this after the burglary, after Bob Odenkirk purposely lets them get away. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, I wish it was me. I wish I was in that circumstance because I yeah. I know karate or I have a gun Why or would I'm you a wish cop. That? Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, holy shit, this is kind of realistic. Because mm-hmm. like- uh, You see these, these assholes. Yeah. Dude bros. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah dude like, bros. That's the best. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Like, Max. <laughs> do you guys remember Mark Wahlberg said that he was supposed to be on one of the flights- uh, that was on 9-11. Do you guys remember really? this? No. Okay, he talked about... I, I might be getting some of these facts wrong. It's whatever. like somebody else completely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's for sure Mark Wahlberg. But he said that he was supposed to be on one of the flights that happened in 9-11 that crashed into the buildings. And he, he said in an interview that he wished he was on the flight because that plane wouldn't have crashed into the building. <laughs> What an asshole. I'm sorry. He was walked it back since then. Yeah, yeah but I'm sure. what an asshole to say that. Like, holy shit. Yep. What, what, if, there, what if there's an alternate reality where only one plane hit the building and Mark <laughs> Wahlberg was like an international or like a national hero? He was like president now. What if, what if he, he would have been in like interviews and just been like, I wish I had two of me so I could have been on the other plane too? <laughs> there what he built a second hand. There was like Robo Mark he, Wahlberg. He actually is nobody. Yeah. Yeah. He's the real nobody. (laughs) You know, when I was trying to tell people what movie I was watching for the podcast, Uh um, I kept saying Mr. Nobody and everybody would be like, I love that movie. Is that the Jared Leto? Yes, that's what Jared Leto. (laughs) 
Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Um, but no, yeah, so his neighbor is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He says, I, mm-hmm. I wish they had picked my house. The cop, the night of, was a complete asshole. I, I was think, like, wow, what I a think cool the cop. cop pissed me off more than the neighbor. I think the Dude, cop pissed me off with more the, than the With his too, look, yeah. like the way he looked at him and looked mm-hmm. at his wife and then he said it, like, dude yeah no definitely and then his brother-in-law like gave him like a glock because when he showed up to work the next day just everyone's like i love that he put the glock in the fridge yeah and like in a it's obviously a box that stays in the fridge that nobody's touched for a really mm-hmm. long time it's literally Chekhov's gun where it's like we show you the gun it's gonna, it's show gonna come back like, way yeah, later which exactly. i really did appreciate and, yeah and in the middle of a bunch of shit too yeah cool. but anyway beyond all of that what i really liked about all of this part especially where everyone's just busting his balls and like everything i definitely felt throughout the uh home invasion scene that he was holding back because he either did not want to beat the shit out of them because he didn't want to make a scene and have people drawing attention to the fact that he could beat the shit out of two burglars right. but even beyond that i felt like the fact that they were so clumsy and awful he was like restraining himself because he felt like they didn't deserve the ass beating so i like yeah. that basically both of those things came to fruition you know what yes. i mean i i thought the directing and the writing was good in that sense that i definitely got that impression throughout all of his hesitation i was like he's holding back not because he's scared like obviously not because right. he's scared but because he like feels like he shouldn't do this for a lot of reasons you know mm-hmm. and i thought that was really driven home and so even through all the ball busting and stuff i didn't feel too bad for him because i knew he still felt like he did the he knew he did the right thing and this is just the obvious life consequences of what people will think of you when you're a pussy you know (laughs) basically yeah um but no i mean we learn how much of a like expert he is on like um i guess his what is it like his uh surrounding like Mm -hmm. uh what is the word i'm trying to think of like he's just very hyper aware of his surroundings and we learn of that through his conversation that he has with his radio brother Mm -hmm. and radio brother radio bro (laughs) and so um like they talk to each other over like a ham radio in the office one of the offices and um he talks about how he noticed that the gun hadn't been fired in a long time and that the barrel was empty the chamber was empty they didn't have any guns no barrel bullets in it whatever and so i thought that that was incredible i thought that was i was like okay well then i love bob odenkirk's character you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like when i love the idea of like like the fact you can having a gun pointed in your face and you're not even like phased by it and you're like looking at the chamber and be like oh it's not there's not even any bullets in it but i also feel like if i had a gun like that I would be like, can you tell if the bullets are in it? You know, like, looking at it. You know, like, <laughs> Pointed at your yeah, own like, head. Like, Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I mean, that's, I thought that that scene was mm-hmm. fucking dope. That it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's he's an expert. He knows what to look out for. Mm-hmm. And so um, from there, uh, he decides, oh, his his daughter. I, I yeah. love that this is what sets him off, yes. by the way. This is what basically sets the whole story off yes. if you really think about it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> but go on. So his daughter that the robbers steal a bunch of cash and it happened to be in the same bowl that his daughter supposedly left her kitty cat bracelet. Yes. And she wants a cat so bad. Mm-hmm. And so that's finally what awakens the nobody that is inside Bob Odenkirk's character. What is his name? Hutch? What yeah. is uh, yeah. Hutch Marcel, yeah, it's something. Uh, Manzel, Manzel, the Manzels. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Hutch uh, Manzel, Hutch Manzel, and but so he, it it unlocks like 
the fucking like uh, secret soldier inside of him. <laughs> well, you know yeah, because I mean? even beyond all that, you know, the kitty cat bracelet. It's like kind of everybody in this movie is shitty to him in a way. Like we, one thing I don't mm-hmm. think we get a good answer on is why him and the wife are kind of detached from each other. We well, it's see because he doesn't shoot shoot boys anymore. Yeah, she it, only gets horny when he, it, he shoots boys. Is that really what I you think, think what it is? That's think, the, okay. Well, if we were to actually analyze this movie, yeah. Okay. See, no, I was. I I think ahead. it's him. I think it's because he's oh. unhappy, and so he's only happy when he shoots boys. But yes. she's the one putting up the pillow wall when <laughs> right. they're sleeping. But I think I think he's unhappy, and so and it, nobody wants like she's not going to want to have sex with him or be intimate with him if he's unhappy and stuff like that. If he's always miserable well, all no, the time, yeah, no, but you, yeah, like other people will feed off of your energy. Mm-hmm, yes. If you're sad and depressed, everyone's going to be sad and depressed. Yeah, like, I think that's more what it is. Like they kind of tried to hint at that a little bit. Like I felt like too late in the movie mm-hmm. where I was like, I feel like we needed this way earlier on mm-hmm. to understand why there's this divide between the two yeah. of them. Cause we never really get it. Same with why the sun's kind of outwardly shitty towards him right out the gate. <laughs> it's it's because like, he's got yeah, secret in the montage. Soldiers. Yeah. Like, in the montage in the beginning his son you can tell just hates him yeah that's what i'm saying and so it's basically the daughter is the only nice person to him so you kind of understand they basically drive it home that when she's like oh shit my kitty cat bracelet has gone it's like oh fuck they fuck with the only good person to him <laughs> they shot the dog this is the john yes, wick you know yes. what i mean like <laughs> i love how it moved from actual animal to just the idea of, of an, an animal, animal. <laughs> <laughs> i um as soon as that as soon as she's all my kitty cat bracelet was in here. I was like, oh my God, the kitty cat bracelet. <laughs> I knew that it was going to set off. Yep. Set him off like that. Uh, it was perfect. It's like one of the producers of this movie was like, we, I like the John Wick movies, but I don't like the dog dying part. Can you do it without that? And he's like, all Can right. Can we get a new animal <laughs> yeah, by the no. end of the movie? <laughs> or maybe they're like, I think it's dumb that that's what sets him off. It should be something like, like a bracelet. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. The bracelet is the perfect signifier to... For you to turn off that amount of your brain, you know what I yeah. mean. Whereas, like, for this guy to suddenly want to kill a bunch of boys, you have to believe that it's all for a kitty cat bracelet. Mm-hmm. You well, know what I mean? mean? He didn't want to kill them for that. Yeah, they no. came well, to his house. Right? No, yeah, definitely. But well, the, they, they the, got on the his bus, goddamn bus. The bus <laughs> boys. Yeah, the bus boys. <laughs> Which, once again, just that, fantastical. Yes. You know, oh yeah. So God. let's get there. So we he, we well, he goes to the yes, the yeah. burglar's apartment. Yeah, uh-huh. and we see him confront them, which I really liked too because mm-hmm. I thought that was like a very the best way to kind of handle that situation but then yeah of course we get the classic oh they've got a baby yeah. <laughs> and that also drove me nuts because we see the 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 male burglar put on his shirt and like walk down the hallway you know and then that's where bob odenkirk pops out of but he looks to the left to look into the baby's room it's like couldn't bob odenkirk see and also see into that room while he was standing in the shadows waiting right there wouldn't he have already known about yeah the baby? you would think like an expert Maybe. of like his surroundings would, would have already know. been aware he of that. would have heard the oxygen tank he would have been like either old person or sick person mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it <laughs> but, could be that he was just so hopped up on rage man <laughs> yeah he had too many rage uh ra- rage ragios this morning with his <laughs> with his rage milk but we get the best yelling line in the whole movie which is give me the f- fucking kitty cat bracelet yes. you know yes, is I it fucking it. or goddamn I, I i don't know for sure but let's watch regardless the movie right now. yeah we're just watching the movie right now find out either way either way the whole podcast would just fantastic be acting on bob odenkirk's part yeah. really mm-hmm. i mean the thing is phenomenal he, you know it shows the acting chops on him the fact that he can go from better call saul mm-hmm. you know all the way to i mean actually being a very intimidating or even mr show yeah. going from mr show yeah, all no. the way to to <laughs> yeah. nobody yeah to nobody and you know bashing faces in it and it feeling real you know yeah. and like never there was there a moment where i was like i just don't see him 
being this person you know what i mean right at the gate you're like oh he's this intense guy and i thought that scene really drives it home where you're like oh fuck we have to really take this dude seriously Mm -hmm. you know um and so we see him run out of the apartment because yes babies babies can't shoot people in front of babies guys you also you you can't shoot shoot babies you also can't be around babies yeah Yeah. especially if you want to shoot yeah Yeah. damn it um, but you know he gets on a bus because he rides the bus. His his wife is the one that drives the car, mm-hmm. and so it, the metro card is important because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. we see him we use see him it, swipe it constantly through yeah. the early montage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but upon the bus, there's some. He's said he, they're just moving, and a car comes racing off to the side of them. Was it a, a, it's hummer? a hummer? Yeah, yes. it was a hummer. Okay. It was H3. <laughs> and I was kind of confused why the bus even stops because it doesn't hit them direct. I guess it maybe like bumps into the side of them, but it just slams. They just slam into like I a thought maybe it was just median. the bus stop. Yeah, you think so? That was just No, because then she w- she didn't, the bus driver didn't really want to let them on mm-hmm. either. You know what I mean? Because, okay, so these they boys, hit like a barrier they hit a barrier like, yeah. hard as fuck. And I was like, what the fuck is happening now? Yeah, I thought and, I thought they were being I thought he was being chased yeah. from those people. Yeah, I was like, exactly. oh, secret organization, secret bird tattoo organization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but nope, just a bunch of drunk guys. Yeah. There's like crazy. six of them in the Hummer. Yeah, there was five or six. I think, yeah. yeah, it's one of, it's either one of those. One of um, those. But they get out and they're cheering because there's a bus. <laughs> yes, I thought that was awesome that they're just all, we still have a ride. <laughs> I mean, these are pretty yeah, flat line written characters too, which yes. is we're big tough guys who, yeah, don't even care if we fuck our own shit up or fuck other people's shit up, you know? Because then they march themselves onto the bus, immediately fuck with the only, the first dude on there for. Yeah. No understandable reason. Well, they also he's just fucked kind up the bus driver. And she's like, "You need to pay." Oh well, she says yeah. no drinking on the because yes. they have a bottle. Of, and she's like, "No drinking on my bus." But of course, yeah, they completely neglect her. Fuck with the first guy, but then pretty much from there, their whole plan is to rape that girl. Straight up, yeah, it's pretty hardcore implied. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, buddy, get out of here. We're gonna deal with her now." And then when the last line after we, you know, because we have Bob Hodenkirk's whole monologue where he decides like. I'm going to beat the fuck out of these dudes. Mm-hmm. And he marches himself to the front of the bus. He takes the bus driver's phone away, which was a nice touch I thought was smart on them. Mm-hmm. That she'd already be kind of like fumbling with her phone and he's just like, nope. Yeah. And it. is that so she won't call the cops? Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So he could deal with them on his own. Okay. And he turns around and literally the first line we hear from one of them is, a girl on a bus at night alone is stupid. And I was just like, okay, no, yeah, see, like they wanted you to be like, she's going to get raped right yeah. now if he doesn't do something <laughs> yeah. about this. Basically. I was like, Jesus. It was just like, in my opinion, it wasn't subtle enough, you know? Like, yeah. that they were just basically like, get ready for the raping girl. <laughs> Sorry, anybody, I'm using the word rape so much, but this movie really, like, I <laughs> thought it was like, for me, I would have, as a woman watching this, I'd be like, this is like a little intense, you know? Yeah, I mean, this movie is cartoonishly intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, yeah, I mean, this scene. I was still kind of in suspended disbelief. I didn't mm-hmm. believe that, even if he was hopped up on on, ang- and- on angrios or whatever I called it, <laughs> Rage-o- Rage-os. Rage-os. Yeah. Um I I still found it unfathomable that he would decide to fight all these boys. Mm-hmm. I guess it was maybe a test to see if he still had it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because you see him start off slow. 
yeah. and stuff. And yeah, kind he's, of, he's kind of getting his ass yeah. handed to him at the beginning of the fight. And then he kind of picks on, like, hey, I'm getting a hang of it again. Well, uh, and it, kind of it's thing. very Matt Murdock, in my opinion, in the sense of, like, I mean, we watch him get stabbed a couple of times uh-huh. and, like, thrown out a window. And it's that very, like, I don't give a shit how much I get the shit beaten out of me. I'm just going to keep getting up and mm-hmm. keep fighting yeah. through it. You know what I mean? It's almost that resilience more than, like, an overwhelming power force, you right. know, that yeah. is the driving, like, fear factor. You know, it's like throw me out a window i'm gonna climb back onto the bus again yeah. and beat the shit out of y'all some more i loved that part <laughs> i was confused i didn't realize he was the one that got thrown out of the bus i don't no, know why yeah. i missed the shot right but i thought he threw one of them out but then obviously we get the moment where like everything calms down for a second and everybody gets to figure their shit out but i was like oh fuck they threw him out of the fucking bus <laughs> that's such a that would be the good idea it's like fuck just get him out of here <laughs> but i thought it was pretty cool the first fight scene no music no mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. it was just it, boy grunts and then when he boy gets grunts when he gets back on it's more intense mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so um he fucks up these boys pretty badly they pretty much all survive for now and he breaks a one boy's throat so badly that he has to perform a tracheotomy okay, is tracheotomy boy the one that die is that the brother that is the brother that's right the he's the one yeah. that goes on to die see that's what i was a little also confused about was i didn't feel like they i mean obviously he was the one with the russian accent yeah. you know but even still it was like was that the brother because he did such an attempt to save his life you know but yeah. that makes sense that obviously i think he it he didn't. probably they probably pulled the plug on him more mm-hmm. than him dying normally i mean he would would have died anyway. Well, he well, was still say, alive. They say yeah. that his brain was unresponsive. Yeah, oh, okay. they said the amount of brain damage part. he was just going to be a vegetable the rest okay. of his life, even if they kept him on. Yeah. Um, but I thought that the tracheotomy thing was pretty cool. Mm. I thought it was a neat little touch that, like, okay, you don't have to die. You I know didn't even I mean? know you could do a trach with a straw, though. I mean, that's I've seen people you needed talk. A pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen people talk about stuff like that, and yeah. I mean, you see the straw kind of like bleed a little mm. bit you see it kind of flood up and then it goes back down and then i think the you, problem with a plastic straw like that is that your the yeah. pressure of your lungs would cause it to collapse it would yeah. potentially that's yeah. a good call yeah but i mean regardless uh we get you know something that was obviously written by someone yeah. that wanted to see a thing happen yes <laughs> you know what i mean somebody lot, wanted to see that's that a lot of this movie happened. there's yes. a lot of this would be cool <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i have a, a big theory and i'll tell it at the end of this but yeah um but i honestly thought the bus scene was dope and i definitely drove oh one other thing i wanted to mention is that um i've been i now work with a couple of guys from like the east coast one from boston specifically mm-hmm. but he loves to use the description uh to bottle someone Oh. You know, it's like, God, I'm about to, I just want to bottle that guy. And what that means is to like hit them in the head with a bottle. It's basically <laughs> like a term to like beat the shit out of someone. And this movie like taught me, like made me feel like I learned what the meaning of bottling really <laughs> yeah. meant. Cause especially in that scene, we watch him bottle two guys, yeah. you know, he like hits one with him and then smashes it into the other. If I was um, in Boston, I'd just start saying, I want to hammer that dude. Right. I just want to hammer him real good. I'm just going to slice him up like a pie, man. I want to gun him. Yeah. You know what gun I mean? Him. Like, <laughs> I'm going to strip him. I'm going to gun him good. Yeah. I mean, you could do that with anything. I'm gonna umbrella that fool. I'm gonna pack him down. <laughs> Get umbrella. I'm a tennis racket. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just love uh, the idea of bottling someone. Yeah, but, but I thought it really. Yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty dope fight scene and i liked that exactly we didn't get music and it mm-hmm. gave us just more of an intense you know yeah uh, like the beginning of portion of the fight you you couldn't tell if he was actually gonna fucking win or not pull <laughs> yeah. it off i yeah. thought he was gonna get his ass kicked at first um anyway so mm-hmm. what happens after this i'm kind of drawing a blank blank um, we, do we meet yes it, oh we do he meet goes Julian. home and then it cuts to yulian um 
he's also in a Hummer or, or another big vehicle, yeah. and they jump over a curb because mm-hmm. they missed their bar, and then he walks across the street. Right. Oh, busy street. I want to talk about yeah. this scene. Okay, so I was under the impression that this was all in Russia. <laughs> yeah, that part? <laughs> yeah, so I thought that the bar was in Russia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. I know it didn't say, like, Moscow or anything yes. as it cut to, uh, cut to the scene. Be, but because but it said Yulian at we the beginning? All, I guess yeah, we, I mean, Yulian even also, but... One argument we could also make is then they would have been driving on opposite sides of the road, too. Yeah, they would have pulled up true. right in front of the club. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's that's a good call. <laughs> so we just suck. But, no, I mean, yeah, it's like a Russian gangster going into a club. It's like, oh, And they're must... all Russian. Yeah. They're all singing Russian. They're, everyone there has a Russian <laughs> accent. And so I was just like, okay, we're in Russia now. And so the, I wanted to say that... Um, why? Why is the Russians always the bad guys? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're brown. Because this is America, yeah, exactly. and we hate communists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, no, but I mean, this is really an American ass movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the idea to protect yourself, the idea to shoot the bad guys, the idea that all bad guys, even if they're poor and American, are other than you, yeah. different race. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's the struggling characters are all... <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like, so like the, the burglars were Mexican, yeah. Yeah. and then the exactly. main bad guys were Russian. Like. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just a very American, like, like yeah. we have to get as many red hats into the theater as possible. <laughs> I did love... <laughs> I, gosh, I loved when Julian walked into the bar, uh-huh. and the first thing he does is he takes a shot uh-huh. And then he keeps walking, shakes hands with the guy, and does a bump of coke. Oh, yeah. Right before he gets on like stage. Like, immediately before he gets on yeah, stage. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. They use... The, there's already a girl singing so up on stage, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and she hands the mic off to him, and it's immediately like extremely vocoded, or yes. just like a like a thousand layers of effects are I was on his voice. By that, maybe yeah, they were too. they're like Julian's coming, so just get it ready for when he, she, <laughs> yeah, she's gonna sound... pass the mic to him, and you just gonna switch it just yeah. real quick. The sound guy just like <laughs> gotta thank God, <laughs> just presses <laughs> it real quick. Super DJ up there, yeah. 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 Um, just watch him do his line of coke, and like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so that makes <laughs> no. me think. That makes me think that everyone just loves Yulian because he's a multimillionaire or billionaire. Mm-hmm. I, I think don't... he's just the guy. Yeah. No, but like, you know? like he obviously sings badly. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That they had to hide it underneath fucking pounds of like. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh-huh. the the last one of the last scenes where Yulian's singing at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, they didn't even let him sing. Yeah. They just had Frank Sinatra <laughs> yeah, playing no, over yeah, it. Yeah. With him just sinking, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, <laughs> lip syncing on, yes. on top of it. No, yeah, I mean, very true. It was a montage. Yeah. Um, Maybe the actor just couldn't sing in Russian, yeah. in a Russian accent. But we, we meet another, um, I guess, it, the movie kind of makes you want to think that he's a main character, or like an important character, and that is the Ethiopian Russian man. Oh, yeah. And I thought that that was pretty interesting, that they kind of just added this guy... Just because he was black mm-hmm. and also Russian. Yeah. Oh, that one. Just okay. with the joke of, I haven't met a lot of black Russians. You yeah. Know, it's basically just for that joke. Because, I mean, every time anyone meets him, and I mean, most people are ignorant. Mm-hmm. Most people would say those words. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Very true. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I can't fault the, the movie. Yeah, no, exactly. I can't I mean, fault the movie for that. But we can fault it for only having him in the movie for that. You know? <laughs> yes, that's literally the only thing he was in the movie for. Yeah. I mean, good call. So that joke could be made a few times. Kenny gets uh, three points. <laughs> um, <laughs> you gotta press it two more times. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, uh, we meet him and he... I, I think he's kind of cool. I thought he was badass too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really I thought cool. he was going to be like an important 
I really wish he had more time on the So screen. when he showed up later on in the movie, I was like, oh, things are going to not go right because this guy's here. Like, yeah. just seeing him, I was like, oh, fuck, now this must be a problem because he's right. obviously too important. And to- so do you mm-hmm. think the movie is trying to subvert expectations by doing that? Like, very, it's, very it's, much. It's kind of like playing into like the, oh, this is my secondhand guy. He's going to, every other action movie, we see the secondhand guy beat up the hero mm-hmm. before the hero has to go on to kill him and the main bad guy. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. like what you said about the bus fight. This movie kind of did a good job of, like, after the first burglary, everything he kind of goes up against. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think... Is he going to be able to handle this? You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, everything did a good job of making me question, like, oh, fuck. Like, we're a John Wick movie. You're like, oh, okay, he's going to go in and kill all the guys. You're never yeah. really worried about him. Each time, I was genuinely at least a little worried about Hutch. You know, yeah. I was never totally mm. sure he was going to get through what he was trying to, I which think, I thought was... Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of big moments, and there's a few small moments as well that they subvert your expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I, I, yeah. yeah, I can agree. Um, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll finish talking about nobody. Yes. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is our discussion on nobody. We're gonna crack open some boys. <laughs> All three of us nice. got it. Oh, uh, you can see it in the sound waves. It's just perfect. Just clack clack clack. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we met Yulian. We met Ethiopian. Uh, he has a name. Let me see. Ethiopian man. <laughs> That's a pretty good superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> his is name is Pavel. Pavel. Okay. Um, and so we meet them at the club. And after that, we do see a scene where Bob Odenkirk goes home, mm-hmm. Hutch goes home, and his wife has to patch him up. Yeah. See, that's basically where we see that this is a past that she is used to. Right, and we finally right. do get that conversation between them where he's kind of like, I miss you, baby. And she's like, I'm always here, baby. And we're just like, <laughs> why are y'all even weird about it? Just like be a normal couple then. The fuck? And but, so so we're led to believe that kind of whenever he went off grid, I guess whenever he had his son, mm-hmm. they kind of just went downhill from there. But yeah. then they also have a pretty young daughter. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about that. Like, how long do you think it's been like this? Do you think it's it's kind of slowly reverted him to where he's kind of become like kind of a husk of his previous self? Or yes. do you think it was like waves or? I think, I think it, Eventually, after his daughter, yeah. short, not that long after his daughter, I think that's when it happened. Because he, he talks about, he's like, I've been thinking about our daughter. And then he says, you know, it's been a long time since we've done this or done that, yeah. you know. But he starts it off talking about his daughter. So I think that was like one of the last times. Yeah, it almost know? like hints that that was basically the last time he did it. It was when he, they got, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How, old do, how old do we think she is? She's like five? Do we want to say I'm maybe? The, I am the worst at guessing children's age. Five or so. six. I mean, I'm pretty she bad. She looks around there, but... Yeah. I mean, I she's... She could be 20. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's old enough to be going to school. I mean, we know that much. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Could be pre-K. Um, I mean, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but from there, we kind of learn that Julian learns of his younger brother, mm-hmm. who happened to be the tracheotomy boy yes. on the bus. And Julian even like explains that he doesn't even care that much about his brother it's like 
just that it's like a mark against his family name yeah. mm-hmm. that this has happened. Well, and the main thing to know about Yulian is that he is like the guardian to the basically the Russian mob's 401k money. Right. He is the one who manages and transports what all this money. What is it called? Money. Like Obshark? The Ebshak. I think it's the Ebshak. I think it's Obshak. I thought it was Bolshak. Okay, we'll call <laughs> it the Obshak. all wrong. Yeah. Either way, because that's right at the beginning when he finds out his brother's been fucked up, he immediately thinks it's associated to that uh-huh. because he's like, everything's associated, you know, comes back yes. to the fucking Obshak, you know what I mean? And so... But that is actually uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he goes and sees his brother mm-hmm. and then after that you see him get the chair <laughs> the fucking and, chair and i was like is he just stealing a chair and then it goes to the next scene and i'm like oh he's gonna sit down on the chair to talk to this guy and you just see the chair fly across the room no, perfect yeah. cinematography uh, yes. it was a beautiful shot. that was the yeah. that was the, the cinematography at work because that yeah. camera angle was flawless dude <laughs> was i watched that shot probably like 10 times yes. i'm not gonna lie oh there's another shot i'm gonna talk about that i watched in the whole movie 10 yeah. times but i really enjoyed that chair throw <laughs> <laughs> sure. Perfect. So and the intensity. I call it. that guy a uh, tooth guy because he's missing a lot of <laughs> All teeth. All his teeth, yeah. <laughs> Toothless. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they were like chipped more than fallen out. No, right? yeah. Like, they were like shattered. shattered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, like that part to go jump back to the bus. We're just freeze all my oh my fucking teeth. Is it bad? Like, it's bad. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, because that's how you'd be. You know, you yeah. know, like fuck, my teeth are yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably like one of the best places to attack somebody is or like to really fucking scar them forever is their teeth because that doesn't come back you know what i mean you can like get in a cast for like your forearm or your thigh or something but those you got fake teeth after that yeah yeah, and you look weird (laughs) (laughs) like matthew perry from friends yeah (laughs) um but so yulian is mad and so we see one of the the guys from the bus has stolen the Metro card mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. belongs to Hutch. And so I, that's how we know that. I, that was perfect. The way they presented it in the movie. It's well. mm-hmm. perfect cinematography for yeah. the, or not even it's perfect storytelling. Like this movie just does a great job of just like, no matter how unbelievable this is, yes. it's going to lead you right into the next thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And so I, I parade this movie for it, but it's also so stupid yeah. because it's so <laughs> illogical about how it does every single one of these, like, oh, well, this piece will lead you to the next thing. Yeah. You know? Um, but then we get the second house invasion. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see um, Pav... Well, I already forgot his name. The Ethiopian yeah. Russian man. Well, we, also, we also get a fun Pavel? little... We get a fun little bit with the... Uh... Pavel? principal from community uh oh right where he's the fbi agent who gets blackmailed with the pictures (laughs) and so it's like his fun little escapade of like trying to find hutch so that's an um, basically in my opinion that was the big moment where we see like oh hutch is like like a relevant badass you know what i mean because obviously the government has even tried to wipe his identity from existence you know what i mean or like he has done such a good job yeah and so we they reveal that he was called an auditor they Mm -hmm. say an auditor a lot and what i think they're trying to say is that he was the auditor Mm -hmm. because he was like this legendary figure that worked for and then he says the three you know letter organizations Uh, meaning FBI, CIA, CIA, shit like that, and that he would go and clean up shitty messes. He actually mentions it before that in the movie as well. When his son asks about his project, his son's talking about doing a project, and he asks him because he knows his dad was in the military. He's like, oh, I was an auditor. I'm basically a nobody. Yeah. So it wouldn't be interesting. It's like a fun little like, yeah. hint that if yeah. you know what that meaning can have a deeper, yeah. you know, badass 
Yes. How did you guys feel about all of that? What's that? The the whole auditor thing, the fact that he was literally titled nobody in the files. I thought it was really cool just because there's already a lot of like um, movies and TV shows that use the term auditor and this mm-hmm. is what they do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's already a kind of yes. like trope. legend or trope. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. This movie was a, one, a, just a, an idea once again explored of like when the badass decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. And mm-hmm. I liked that this movie gave us a chance to like actually, you know, because a lot of them, you, we see the moment where they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like all the repercussions of trying to get to that point. But we get to see someone who's been at it for years you know yeah. what i mean and has been mm-hmm. out of the game for a long time being forced back into it not even for like direct reasons they're like incredibly indirect reasons yeah. you know what yeah. i mean and i thought that was cool it wasn't like an old grudge coming back or like anything that was so directly influenced by him so much as just like unfortunate circumstances leading yeah. to a you know it was basically just the straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. like it's just all this pent-up stress that eventually led to him just doing yeah. this again so, I mean, we can't really say so much about the um, second home invasion because it's all visual. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if there was anything. Was there any notable parts of it that you guys thought were especially badass? I mean, more than anything, I was just very convinced that he wasn't, you know, that it, there was no way he was going to make it, make out it okay. through it because mm-hmm. of, yeah, the um, pa- Pavel being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the one thing throughout the whole thing. I was like, okay, he's obviously going to, as badass as he's being, he's going to get captured at some point. You know, and right. I mean, there's, there's absolutely play, no way. They play into it because they stuff him in the trunk. <laughs> he does get captured, yes. yeah. Did you guys anticipate his escape that no, way? I <laughs> no, I was like, what? why is there a fire extinguisher in the trunk? Okay, I, sh- I was sure all, he was going to roll right out. Okay, see, I didn't, I, okay, first of all, when he opened the trunk and he saw they were I was like, no way. I was like, okay, he's going to just stick it out, go wherever they're going and see how he I've can play this out. I've heard of people jumping out of the trunk yeah. while the car's going like 60, but they're always really injured. And I was like, are they really just going to show him jumping out of the trunk? Because that's, that's like, all right, yeah. but it's cooler for him to stay in there. And I'm happy that they went with that route. But like, I was like, honestly. But yeah, once again, but also, why was there a fire extinguisher? Yes. Like an old very much used fire extinguisher <laughs> in the back of their car, but it, whatever. It was behind like these a, are, a hatch. Well, these I think it's like, found the, it's, it's the like the how high... you would have like a jack or something in your no, car. Yeah. They were trying to be like, oh, you, you would have a fire extinguisher in case your car caught These are fire? safe bad guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> safe bad guys. Very Either safe. Way. It's a Russian thing. But I, then I definitely, I was like, okay, now he's just going to wait until they open the trunk and try to do like the fight it out that way or like spray him with it. So I definitely didn't expect him to fucking push the seat. <laughs> he kicked off. the seat down. Yeah, yeah, so he pushed the seat forward from the back. Not be that easy, to no. Push especially if Pavel's sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah. pushes it down like Badass nobody's Pavel. there. Yeah. yeah, I love that the bad guys are like getting away from this. Like the two in the front seat, yeah. they're getting away, like pulling knives and shit out of their bodies, like scratches. What the fuck are you talking about? Because Pavel, like, yeah. is like no hospital. We take him straight to the. She's like pulling a knife out of her arm. Yeah, yeah we're like, yes. take him straight to the bad guy lair now. And and I, I absolutely love because because you mentioned that. I absolutely love when they get in the car crash that that girl just has a knife in her head <laughs> because when she got in an accident after she pulled the knife out of her, it just stabbed her in the head. <laughs> like, that's just perfect. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yes. didn't? No. Yeah, it's like literally the knife she pulls out of her arm is what eventually kills her because it's stabbed into her forehead. So I didn't... It, it, okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah. The car flips. <laughs> they all get fucked up except for good old Bobby. Because he's in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and Save his place. He crawls out of the trunk 
and uh, Pavel's all fucked up, hanging halfway <laughs> out of the car. Yeah, he's like cutting into and basically yeah. dying. Yeah. And so this is where Bob spills the some beans. big beans. He has his monologue. Yeah. yeah he, this I, is where we get a taste of Bob's beautiful beans. <laughs> I love that they do that in the movie where it's... It's supposed to be that cliche part where the good guy gives that badass monologue, mm-hmm. but then Pavel dies in the yeah. middle of it. <laughs> this happens a couple of times. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a few double ups on it. Yeah. If you really write down this movie, holy shit. Um, and so, yeah, so that's when we learned the backstory about the auditor and mm-hmm. what he does. And one time he let a guy go. Mm-hmm. And so years later, he was like, I want to check up on this guy because the guy was very um, sympathetic. He was very... yes you know, heartbroken that he really went down a wrong path. Yeah. And so he wanted to go check up the guy fully anticipating that this guy has gone back to his, you know, thieving or whatever crimes against the U.S. that he's done. Um, And so he goes back to check up on this guy and he has a whole family and he's happy and they're eating dinner like a fucking Norman Rockwell painting. And (laughs) (laughs) that's what causes Bob Odenkirk to quit being the auditor i love how mad he is when he's telling the story yeah. he's all this fucking guy yeah, yeah. is happy yeah he's like i'm not a jealous guy but what the hell yeah. <laughs> no it's good and, yeah. and then so we see pavel and he's dead <laughs> he's, he's like oh well you're not even whatever it's a cool story bro and then he says bobby says oh shit and then rushes runs home <laughs> to let his family i well, love that jog yeah. <laughs> yeah first he takes a shower mm-hmm. cleans up a little bit and then i thought that was up. interesting that yeah. he was like uh, i'm gonna shower well because he has to say goodbye to his daughter family yeah. oh. his family has to see him yeah well so, i think it was more like it's like his daughter mm-hmm. yeah so his son sees even full well that there's goons dead bodies yeah his but. son sees full well that there's goons dead everywhere, but his daughter, no, he covers her eyes and oh, okay. he's like pretending like it's a game or something. I mean, Can you like imagine being a jackass like you, like Johnny it, Knoxville? Like, well, like yes, like <laughs> like how the how the son is to his dad, and then to see that and see what your dad's actually capable of, I'd be like, fuck, this guy should have been beating the shit out of me all these years. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm I'm pretty lucky. I have a good dad. Yeah. He didn't beat the shit out of me. He could have. Good dad. <laughs> good good dad. dad alarm. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, after this, what happens? He takes them all down to this basement, mm-hmm. and he has a badass basement. Uh-huh. And I really like. He that. takes all the dead goons down there. There's Dying. one guy. Mm-hmm. There's one guy that's still crawling around for life, and he starts telling the story. Maybe that's where we learn he the full. Story. That's the full story. story right? Yeah, that's that's I think where we learn the his auditor backstory right. yeah, yes. and what he's done and capable of. Yeah, and that's where we learn about the big three, <laughs> the, the three yeah the three letter organizations that he's been working mm-hmm. for. And then uh, we cut back to the guy, and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Died partway through the story somewhere. Um, I think all while all the while we're still learning about Yulian and his whole like fucking ob shark and shit like that. Well, like, I mean, we the main things we basically yeah, it's important what we learn is that we that yeah beyond the ob shack, he has like an art gallery of like oh, rare right. paintings and stuff. And what's important to know is that Bob Odenkirk chooses to burn down everything he's managed to build with his family, symbolically even to himself. Like I have to now leave this life behind and go back to what I was. So burn down everything I've managed to create. But in turn, I'm going to go burn down everything my opponent has also managed to create. Yeah, so we yes. get this kind of, so throughout the Frank Sinatra music montage, we kind of see Bob Odenkirk just going through, just murdering the boys, man. Just this is murdering a good scene. Which is all also, the fucking boys. Yeah, another amazing montage that mm-hmm. they did in the movie. 
and they picked the perfect song for it. I really feel like. Well, I just love Frank Sinatra, and yeah, yeah. he's he's amazing. Uh, his music's amazing for montages. Mm-hmm. It just really is. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right on the money. Three points. No, Frank, Frank two points. Two montage points. Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, goddamn it. Um, so. I want to talk about this because he does steal a painting from his mm-hmm. collection, and it's a Van Gogh painting. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I I missed that part, so I was super confused. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Um, so he steals a painting. Um, were you driving when you were watching this movie? No, no, I watched it on. Um, I watched it in the morning before work, and uh, then during lunch. Okay, yeah. okay. I thought you were saying that you were watching it in the morning, and then when you accidentally swiped. You were like driving or something. No, no. <laughs> okay. I'm a safe boy. Okay, good. Um, but uh, let's talk about his dad. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Christopher Lloyd. Did you know Christopher Lloyd was in this movie? Yes, I see. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I even looked at the cast of this movie. I seen the like, trailer. Brushed over. He's even in the trailer. Yeah, there's a shot where he's like standing side by side with Bob oh, and really? he's holding the shotgun. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I enjoyed it. It was I a very fun movie. surprise for me from the mm-hmm. first moment he entered the. The, the old person the old, home. Yeah, the nursing home. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like he was literally this writer being like, I want to do John Wick, but an old, but his dad. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but his dad. And his uh, dad was with shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> Shotgun um, Wick. So, uh, bu- uh, fucking Christopher Lloyd's in the old person home. And... Julian sends a couple of goons to go there and kill mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And this is where I replayed the movie several times. Oh, really? Yes, me too. Is where they pull the gun on Christopher Lloyd and he pulls out, or they pull the blanket out from on top of him and he has a fucking sawn off shotgun and blows the fool up against the wall. There is a shot where it shows Christopher Lloyd dead on. And he is smiling, <laughs> and it's a split second, and it's and perfect. I loved it. I replayed it fucking twenty times. I even called Ashley from the other room and made her put on my headphones and showed her just this scene <laughs> where he just blows away these two fucking guys. I did the same I, thing with the chair. I did that with. <laughs> I did that with my um my boss today. I showed him that scene like three times really? because I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, because I I loved every part where he's like. I'm not really asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then he grabs the gun. Like, yeah, that's what he finger. grabs the first guy's gun and then yeah. reveals the shotgun. And it, the music he stops. Grabs. Oh, God. The music stops right when he grabs the gun, shoots the guy, pulls it over here. That guy grabs the gun, <laughs> fucking shoots him. Oh, God. Beautiful. So the first that's, time I that's saw some it. Hardcore ass Henry right there. <laughs> the, the first time I saw it, I was like, or why didn't they just shoot him? And then I watched it again to see that him put his finger. By the hammer. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he holds the hammer, the hammer back. back. Yeah. That's why that guy's like, oh, he's like, fuck. He's like, because yeah. he can't actually pull the trigger. <laughs> he like, doesn't do anything. And he's fucking doing his dumb turtle Doc Brown smile. <laughs> Dude, it's so while. good. Because Love what it. I got from it is we're obviously meant to understand that he's the same kind of badass his son is. And uh-huh. so that first kill, that smile is very much like, a oh, that was, that, it was like that sweet release of not having killed someone in a long ass time. And just like, oh, that felt fucking so good. You know? <laughs> This movie was a comic book. Yeah, it kind of yeah. is, it, actually. Like with tell. how much gimmicky shit that they mm-hmm. do, and how much easy off, easy to explain shit that they do. This movie was a comic book. Um, but regardless, it's a beautiful comic book, mm-hmm. and so I guess we're culminating to the big ending. We'll we'll go to the second scene before the big ending. Bob goes to the Russian club. Mm-hmm. Well, before Hutch. that, how the fuck oh, goes to the. 
Oh, you know, we already talked about that. He burns down the yeah, shop. The, yeah, he burns yeah. everything, all of his shit down. That was important yeah. to know. But how the fuck did he get at that table and eat, eating that steak? He must have paid a pretty hefty price to say, can you make me a runway <laughs> right in front of the stage? Put me pretty back and give me a steak, please. <laughs> he must have paid a pretty big dime. He probably just dropped one of those gold blocks. from did he get the Claymore oh, in there? <laughs> before, this, <laughs> before this, he bought the the business. As well, that was oh what right. We were he bought his his father in law's business. Yeah, and when he was like in there working on all the shit, I was like, "Oh shit, this is about to be murder home alone." Home alone, exactly. dude. I loved when he was setting up the mouse traps. I was like, "Dude, I want to make that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny because a long time ago, like some of the original mouse traps mm-hmm. had actual like gun pellets mm-hmm. and gunpowder. Oh. So it's like a lever where the mouse would go under the lever and lift it up just ever so slightly and get shot in the face by the mousetrap. Interesting. That's how old mousetraps used to be. And I'm sure that didn't barge right through the wall and, and rat and, <laughs> right. like, and kill someone. The, the, the problem is, is that where a tradition, like a now modern mousetrap breaks your toe, those would blow your toe completely the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so people, they were just way more high risk and dangerous yeah. to have mm-hmm. laying around, you know? <laughs> That's interesting. It's like it's like, what if we made like mouse traps that are firecrackers? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like, how can we des- decimate this mouse, please? Yeah, I mean, people people hate rats, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, he booby traps the whole warehouse, and then he goes and has dinner with Julian, or has dinner at Julian's. Yeah, and he brings a claymore. Dude, dinner at Julian's. Dinner. dinner they, we should make a movie. The, dinner yes, at Julian's. It's the sequel to Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> it's the sequel to this movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah and then that's when he tells him like you can either fuck off and I'll fuck off or we do this the hard way and so he leaves because he has the fucking claymore and he's like holding the pin and just like showing it's like the scene in Wayne's World where they're showing everyone their backstage Mm -hmm. pass as he's leaving he's just showing everybody the claymore (laughs) and I had to believe that the only reason they didn't shoot him the second he was out of the building was because they were like oh well we need to see what our our boss obviously let him go that was the only thing I could rationalize in my mind yeah no for sure but I I was anticipating someone to shoot or I was like, why not? You yeah. know? But I love that he goes to the car and he like sits there and crosses his fingers. Did y'all think it was going to work? Like well, in that well, moment. What do you mean? I, cross your, that's, I, I, I felt like he crossed his fingers because he wanted them to chase him. You he think was, so? Yeah. He was hoping because he got excited. That's what I thought so too. Oh, really? He got excited. Yeah. As soon as he saw him running out, he seemed excited. Oh, see, I was like, I was thinking he was hoping like, oh, just let that fucking work. Like, let that be the end of this. And I don't have to fight all of these motherfuckers and potentially put my life at risk. You know, I because... think he thought that this was going to be a death wish. I think that the, he thought that if Yulian chased after him, because we get the surprise that his whole family shows up. Yeah, but mm. he did didn't even know that no well what i'm trying to say is if whatever they flip mm-hmm. the coin on if yulian decides to go after him he thought okay i'm go- going to probably die yeah and so i think he was like i want i want to fight him but at the same time like i need to give him this option of not fighting him so i can go home and see my daughter you know what i mean exactly <laughs> that's, interesting. See, that's I, how i, I took it, it a different way i genuinely felt like he wanted yulian to like I feel like he didn't want to necessarily kill all of them and you genuinely wanted Yulia to just take this deal, you know? I want to delve into that. Why Why do you think that? Like, because, like, throughout the whole movie, he only wants to have this rage now. Uh-huh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's keep, It keeps feeding on him. Like, do you see an ulterior motive here other than, I guess, just... He I don't wanted. see why he would even give him this option if that was if it was that's just true. if it was just if he no, just wanted to kill him. he could have just busted into the club and done what he was there to do in the first place why give him a choice you know yeah. what I mean well, like, because beyond, like 
I, the reason he wouldn't just burst into the club is I feel like well, I mean, not because, tech, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, just because he said, you know, it, it wouldn't have been good yeah. if he busted. I mean, into not the necessarily, club. obviously, yeah. like, but I mean, like, tactically, why go through all of the? But I mean, they could have literally just walked up and shot him in the fucking back of the yeah, head, yeah. waiting. Because like, what if they would have killed him before Julian walked up to the table? You know what I mean? There was like a million ways that could have gone wrong, and it was such mm-hmm. a risky situation to put himself in just to get, deliver that option, that secondary right. choice. You know what I mean? No, you're right. I I wonder why this was even a scene to begin with. Mm-hmm. Why not just him? It's, like, it's a red herring. It was something that never could have been out of the movie completely, and it wouldn't have made a difference if he would have just showed up and been like drove up with the car and be like hey fuck you and then taken off and then be like oh we got to go get him right now and or we got in the same movie you know like, even <laughs> even just julian gets a call from obshack boys and they're like hey he burned it all down and then he knows where he works yeah. so I, I just felt like not very many people knew who he was it was mainly julian and the people he sent to get him or he could even dead. call julian and be like i burned all your shit down this is where i am come get me you know what i mean there's just other ways that could have been done if that was just the end game for him you know what so, i mean yeah. so i, so, I want to believe that he didn't want to do it you know what i mean that not necessarily that he was incapable but part of him was still like it had gone farther than he ever planned he didn't even necessarily want to beat the shit out of all the i mean he did like want to get all that rage out but it's not even like i feel like he genuinely felt repercussion from the events on the bus you know what i mean i don't Mm. think it was something that he walked away from like oh i feel better from that you know what i mean i feel like he genuinely was like fuck that happened and now there's going to be consequences from it you know what i mean so i mean i i think we can knock this up as like a detriment to the film because it's unreadable Mm -hmm. in a way because like i obviously interpreted it incredibly different yeah yeah, so like i still believe that he wanted julian to chase after him i mean i think that's more like the beauty of it that we Mm. read it in different ways you know perspective is everything sure (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's what your t-shirt says it says perspective is everything (laughs) i mean i know that sounds really like corny Uh but it, it really is especially when it comes to storytelling yeah you know and that's what makes movies so awesome that's why i love movies so yeah much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly that's why i love stories um but, but either way so we get the final julian's scene. dumbass yeah. choice to face the <laughs> ultimate bad old good guy you know yeah. um and this is where this movie definitely turns into a checklist of this would be a cool idea this yeah. would be a cool idea oh that would be a cool idea <laughs> like yep. the hydraulic press and the grenade yeah, the that hydraulic was, press and the grenade that was literally i, I thought that was awesome okay so I want to talk about this. First Jesus. of all, Riza finally shows up. Yes. And he's like, hey, I'm your brother. <laughs> the whole movie, I was like, where's Riza? Yeah. <laughs> we see little Riza in yeah. a photo with a yeah. pretty, it's a pretty good photo. It looked like Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we see yeah, like a young Christopher Lloyd with two young boys. Mm-hmm. One of them's Riza, one of them's Bobby. Are we assuming he's adopted? Is yeah. that what we're going to assume? Well, here? or just half, half brothers, mm-hmm. two different mothers. True. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure. Christopher Lloyd had a good time oh, traveling yeah. the world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I like that. Okay, we're going to call him Half Brothers. <laughs> yeah. He likes all the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we see a family reunion, mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty sick because, like, mm-hmm. suddenly someone shot, like, one of the Russians charging at him because Bob, Bobby gets shot and he falls holding the Van Gogh painting, mm-hmm. bleeding onto it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's some pops from the top window and it's Rizzo with his sniper. Yeah. Okay. So all of this scene is exactly how Kenny said. It's just a checklist of like, wouldn't this be badass down to like fucking like holding the gun over the shoulder backwards to shoot like everyone. To is, the collateral yeah. kills. Yeah. The, the triple sniper yeah. shot yeah. from yeah. Rizzo. Like the double collat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is where I want to bring in my idea of an alternate ending. And that is that 
all of this stuff was stuff that Bob, that Hutch has like absorbed over the years just uh-huh. by being bored at work and watching YouTube videos of like, what if there's a hydraulic press, but we put a grenade in it? Or what if I did this with mousetraps? Or he was watching like, you know, top 10 no scopes of, of the week and there's a fucking three sniper shot. You know what I mean? Top 10 Call of Duty no scopes. <laughs> like if there would have just been like a two minute or 60 second scene at the very end, very Joker-esque, where it's just like him doodling in a book and at work of just like violent scenes of him like blowing people up and stuff. And, I and like it's just, just pent said, nobody, up from the you know, and it's because he really is nobody. He really isn't anyone that did anything. Yes, you stole my thing. Sorry. <laughs> That's I exactly what I was it. building up yeah. to. So, so I would have I would have given this movie like a 4.8 if that's how it ended. <laughs> if it was just a daydream of a sorry, sad man. Yeah, that would be honest. Kind of like... Because, um, I mean, other than, like, it it breaks some more stereotypes. Real quick, yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it breaks some other stereotypes that uh, neither Rizzo or Christopher Lloyd die. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. you kind of yeah. anticipate. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, which one of these fucking beautiful men if are going to die? not both of them. Yeah. I was like, old man's dying. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I definitely thought this was Christopher we Lloyd's like, last hurrah. Yeah. Rizzo, we were going to see Rizzo and Bobby holding his hands as he's like, ah, I just love your boys. You know, just like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just this beautiful ending of like everything happens to go right mm-hmm. <laughs> down to like holding like a pasting a claymore to like. Okay, break. I thought that part was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, yes. you could have easily shot the claymore and you'd be back at square one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he charges Yulian with a claymore on bulletproof glass as a as a shield. What seems to be bulletproof glass? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot him in the legs. Yeah, shoot his feet. <laughs> it wasn't a very good shield. <laughs> but uh, that's how the movie ends: is he pulls the pin on Yulian, and Yulian gets all pasty mm-hmm. and fucking dies. Um, but then, I mean, of course, there's the ending scene where you know we see them buying a new house him and his wife Mm -hmm. and he gets a phone call from the real estate agent's phone super corny it says unknown like all the other times that riz has reached out to him (laughs) and then he asks do you guys have a and then she says his wife a basement because she's the supportive (laughs) kind she's like we always need a basement for my hubby (laughs) so do you guys have any notes on the ending do you guys have any i wishes that was that's a brilliant idea i wish it was more open-ended the yeah, ending. I wish they didn't do the whole three months later. Hey, we're buying a house. Yeah, like because you anticipate you anticipate because the the two other boys leave Christopher Lloyd and Riza. Mm-hmm. You anticipate Pate, ooh, you anticipate that uh, Bobby's going to jail mm-hmm. or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Because the the you hear police sirens. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting that just three months later he's already buying a new house. It, he well, they do the scene. They the come back to the scene yeah. where he's oh the police. Yes. I keep forgetting about the fucking interrogation. That's where we're room. supposed yeah. to come back to it with the cat so and everything. I was bummed the cat didn't have more of a thing because that's such that's the big mystery at the beginning is he pulls the cat and you're like why does he have a kitten in his coat and it's just the cat that was stuck in his ceiling at the very beginning of the movie. That was the one. You know, yeah, callback. Callback. I mean, the Chekhov's gun. We, yeah, we mentioned, literally forgot mm-hmm. to mention the Chekhov's gun, which was so beautifully put into that entire fight sequence, yeah. where it gets brought up Definitely. not in a moment where we're like, oh, he's going to get that gun. I mean, he just does it seamlessly. He's like, boom, 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 done. Walks up, picks it out, grabs it, and you're like, oh shit, he got that gun. That <laughs> yeah. gun's still in there, and it gives you that kind of excitement of like more like, oh my god, and he's already using it. You know, it's mm-hmm. so much faster like that. Um, but yeah, we get back to the interrogation scene with the cat, and I was a little bummed out that it didn't have a little bit more to do with the story. But I think 
funny enough, it's it's like kind of symbolic to like the kitty cat bracelet and the fact yeah. that like yes. it's still it's him having accomplished something for his daughter. You know what I mean? Like here's <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> do do y'all think that there's a moral to this movie to this story? The, if you had to pull one, it would literally be kill anyone that tries to kill you. <laughs> I think the moral to this story is no matter what is it, what no matter what it is, do what makes you happy. Oh, hey. I mean, that's I, that's I probably the best that. to yeah. pull from this. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's like, you better buy a gun because you need to protect <laughs> yeah, yourself exactly. from Mexicans that are trying to save their... <laughs> from Mexicans and Russians, man. <laughs> They're <laughs> everywhere. Something you, you could be also take from this is just don't read somebody just by how they show themselves. You yeah. know, nobody can be somebody. That's true. <laughs> anytime. Or somebody can be nobody. Hmm? Mm? So, it's good. Okay. We're so, rating? Huh? What are you rating it? Well, before ratings... Oh. I had an idea. Mm-hmm. If you guys had to do another, um, what what is the other movies with Keanu Reeves? Another John Wick or another Nobody mm-hmm. with another actor or actress, mm. and preferably someone over fifty because that's kind of the running theme now. Yeah, right. Who would you guys do one for? That's kind of off the wall, like bob odenkirk you know what i mean because keanu reeves it's kind of expected at this point he's either going to do weird sci-fi he's never going back to comedy he's either going to do weird sci-fi or gun man yeah. or gun man <laughs> so do they have to be able to do their own stunts no okay so you have one <laughs> kind of i'm just thinking <laughs> let me let me think of one because I, I haven't I have even one. thought of one okay have one. give me just like two seconds of your two own. seconds yeah why well, i can't even say it yeah just go ahead and tell us yours <laughs> i would do paul rudd I thought of Paul Rudd on the way over here. I would do Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd would be good. Yeah. I would, I mean, because you've seen him kind of do action in mm-hmm. Ant-Man. So you just bumped that up a few notches and you got John Wick. Would you <laughs> lean into the comedy or would you do something like Nobody where the comedy is accidental almost? Yeah, almost like dark comedy. Okay. More what I would do. Um, but But yeah, it would be very, very similar to... Nobody more than John Wick. Okay, I'm going to give that one uh, five points. Dang. Thank I think you, that man. was six. I can't count. Dude, <laughs> got six <laughs> points. What's up? All right, Kenny, do you have one? See, well, the funny one I thought of that made me giggle was I was like, can you imagine Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Just would fucking some people up. You know, after seeing Christopher Lloyd like this, yeah, I, I would love to but see I Danny But I wouldn't DeVito. even want him to be the old dad. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to be the badass, you know He'd what I mean? be the trash man. <laughs> I'm the trash man. <laughs> but I wouldn't want him to, I would, would love to see him like take something super serious like that, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. actually try to genuinely be like an angry, like violent like old veteran Almost or something like you know taxi I mean? driver or yeah something. exactly if if maybe if we did it 20 years ago it could have happened what about jim carrey but um i mean jim carrey almost put that mask on with uh kick-ass 2 yeah. oh so, yeah, yeah jim carrey i thought of but like yeah jim, i feel like jim carrey and nicholas cage and like those kind of like mm. obviously unhinged actors would <laughs> do a phenomenal job but like imagine like benedict cumberbatch or like someone who's i'm trying to think of people who would like don't normally do like angry or like violent yeah. you know like more like level-headed and i'm <laughs> trying to imagine them doing like this angry violent acting type you know what i mean so Have that's you, where i'm trying did, to oh uh, well i've thought of two who and so my first one is i think it's a little bit possible and it's steve crow Oh, yeah. Huh. See, I could even see that, too, because of, like, Dan in the real life kind of roles that he's or, played. Or, or even like, uh, Foxcatcher. Or, like, Foxcatcher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good he's, example. I think he shoots Channing Tatum, doesn't mm-hmm. he? I don't, I've never nice. seen the movie. We should oh, really? add it to the list. <laughs> hey, yeah, actually, we should. <laughs> um, but uh, if not Steve Carell, 
then maybe if it was 20 years ago, um, Steve Martin. Oh. Can you imagine Steve Martin getting his hair bloody? It would catch in that beautiful white hair. I need more reaction from you guys. Who's no, I'm just, <laughs> honestly, I'm just thinking of actors I would like to make this well, movie. And what's with funny now. is like you said, Steve Martin, and for some reason I got like a flash of basically exactly white-haired Steve Martin, but like like that famous shot from Psycho where he's like laughing, like bloody <laughs> in the face. I literally got like a Steve Martin shot exactly like that. So that's why I was kind of like, are you thinking about American Psycho? Or American Psycho? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. What did I say? Psycho. Yeah, that one. Yeah. The other one. Keaton. The American one. <laughs> <laughs> Michael that's... Keaton. That's who I would like. Michael Keaton well. could Michael definitely Keaton. for sure do it yeah. at this age right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keaton Imagine would be if good. Beetlejuice 2 was just this. <laughs> 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 I also thought about Alec Baldwin. I was trying to think of like romantic comedy like gruff guys. Yeah. Because oh, like Jack yeah. Nicholson could uh, probably obviously has. would, yeah. yeah. He's mm-hmm. been the Joker, so he's obviously been a crazy person before. Yeah. But, um, I mean, those are some just ideas that are kind of neat to think about. Because, I mean, if Bob Odenkirk can do it, I think, and and there's, I think when it comes to sketch comedy, you mm. have to be believable. Yeah. And Bob Odenkirk is a believable actor He's from it. such a good actor. And, yeah. And, like. Because, like, all he has to do is just, like, play this, like, the straight guy off of, you know, mm. David Cross's funny guy. Yeah. And. And you've got it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I think Bob Odenkirk is yet another example of like where a role can be a little bit unfortunate in the fact that it's a blessing because it helped his career out so much. But at the same time, just to the general public, it's like, oh, you mean Saul, yeah. the, the, the lawyer from Breaking yeah. Bad? And it's like, damn it. Yes, that is an iconic role yeah. of his. But he's so much more than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because he helped Tim and Eric happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, awesome did you have anything to say, Paul Damien? Um, no, I, I think I think I'm all out. Mm-hmm. You better say something, or else I'm going to start deducting points. Oh shit! Um, this was a really good movie. Hey, I really enjoyed it. What would you rate it? Um, now this is probably going to be a trend if I watch more movies with y'all. Uh-huh. Um, but I love movies and stories, so I'm almost always going to have like a high rating. That's oh fine. wow! Because um, I, but I had... give this movie a four point three. Ooh, that's a good rating. Yes. What was your rating on the last movie? Can a four. You up? It was a was four. A four? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting, Valdemir, I mean, because I know you got, I know you to be the one that doesn't like a lot of the big movies, <laughs> and I think it's because you're always kind of disappointed with like, you know, Avengers or something. Well, it's just because um, I have too many expectations. Yeah. For movies and a lot of movies, especially recently that have come out, I feel like they're too predictable, and like we were talking about subverting expectations, this yes. movie does such a good job. You're right. At that. Yeah, you're right. So about for like that. a modern film, you feel like this one set it like a like oh, it was set, set itself apart in the sense of being fresh. Yeah, because that's what I would call it. Is it's like the level of freshness movies can do. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Like, and, and it's so much fun. This movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to just take your brain out of it for a good hour and a half because it's a beautiful short movie yeah oh, I love uh, that you're gonna have an absolute half. fun time you know yeah no yeah. i'm not usually into like the the super actiony john wick kind of act films mm. because exactly they're so mind-numbing that like after action sequence number two or chase scene number two i'm basically like playing on my phone or like oh shit okay he's just fighting some bad guys again right? yeah. <laughs> um but i paid it 100 attention to this movie even beyond just having to do it for this podcast but it was much more engaging and i think yeah. the fact that exactly it's condensed down to 90 minutes we get a Bob Odenkirk, who I think we all kind of mm-hmm. loved before this yes. moment, so that helps yes. out a ton too. Um, you know, just getting to see him be the best actor I think he can be in a lot of ways was just fantastic, and it yeah. works great for this movie and makes it 
stand out from its the crowd of the genre it's in for those reasons more than necessarily being like a particularly great plot you know yeah <laughs> or like unique plot in my opinion yeah like y'all keep saying like john wick-esque but like i see it and i really don't see it mm-hmm. there's just because well, it's uh, we only so have much to, more to we it. only have you know to I mean? compare it because of the writing yeah, yeah. you know what exactly. i mean no, well, I, and I think that. and the problem is the writing is so hardly john or like hard set in like a john wick standard yes. which is literally you killed my brother i'm gonna come vengeance you now yeah and it's well, like i now i have to defend myself from your vengeancing it, it's yeah. a kitty cat bracelet yeah, yeah i mean well yeah the bad guy motive is yeah you're right dead on but even the good guy motive where it's like secret badass don't fuck with him you know what i mean is exactly right too but there's just so much more substance to this movie versus like the john wick film yeah john wick is very much flash and, yeah. and yeah. neon colors and like can we make a horse punch a guy you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, this is Kenny, like this is like a... somewhere between John Wick and that movie Keanu. If y'all have ever no, seen, I or, oh, that's really? the, the, the Keanu yeah, right? yeah. movie where that movie's like either of these, but taken to the funniest and gaggiest versions. So of it's themselves, like Keanu you know? or Keanu, exactly. <laughs> it's like Keanu or Keanu in Wick. Yes, exactly. So, Do you have a rating for this one? So I'm going to give this movie a flat 4.0. Nice. Yeah, which nice. I think is basically me saying this was a good movie. It's not in a genre of films I traditionally would like, but it mm-hmm. made me. Really really like it so it gets to be in that four point range so awesome good job bob um i'm going to give this one a 3.9 just because you i really loved the movie i thought it was very good i don't i can't put in the four just because you have to really turn off your brain Mm -hmm. you can't analyze this movie because it's going to spoon feed everything that it needs you to understand and then that's it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean there's nothing to really parse after that Mm -hmm. you know and so for a piece of art to be given to you whole cloth and explained to you perfectly like this is awesome but at the same time you can't really pull too much from it you know and so i think a 3.9 for me uh for this one but i mean that's still i think uh, i'm one of the highest ratings i've given so far well i mean it's it's like what we were talking about earlier how like um like with subverting expectations and just like all the little things like I, i am really analytical but when watching this movie, I kept thinking like, oh, he's going to do this. And yeah. then just immediately just uh, off the wall. You know, I'm going to write that down real quick. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, the movie was nice. How do you spell that? N- how, how do you spell that? N I. It's like triple double flip. E. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. You had to hit multiple keys for each letter. That was... Yeah. I mean, I have to be thorough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, next week, we don't know what we're talking about, do we? We haven't talked about it. Um, mm. Next week is going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, we can't give you guys the heads up so you can watch it beforehand. I could try to pick a bad movie. I, you could pick a bad movie. That's correct. Yeah, I could totally do it <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, stay tuned. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Come back next week for a surprise. The movie our boys will be covering next week is Rango starring John Depp and directed by Gore Verbinski. Um, but yeah, come back next week. Uh, do you think, Ken? Yeah, thank you all so much. Uh, we will see you then, or we will see you on another time. Later on the men, Jay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.